0: The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you
1: do. I was just <laughs> told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh, yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject.
0: Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give You're I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories... You have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. So you have the actual synth that Chris was talking about
1: Uh, yeah, the DeepMind 12, I have one at home right now
0: I don't own it It, It's just on loan from the store, but Yeah Is it new? Is it used? I don't don't know I don't know anything about it, what is it? It's a,
1: it's Behringer's brand new synthesizer
0: Oh, it's a Behringer thing? Yeah Oh
1: $1,400 and it has more features than like a $4,000 synthesizer from like, uh Uh, What is his name? Dave Smith, I think, is the guy. He didn't design it. Or you mean like a Dave Smith synth. Dave Smith synths are like $4,000 on average, typically. At least, I think they are. Because everyone I want from Dave Smith is in that $4,000 range. But the Deep Mind is $1,400 synth. And has more features than some other synths out there. Okay.
0: Um what kind of what kind of it looks cool. Is it a digital thing? Is it an analog thing? I think it's a
1: digital synth. Hmm. There might I don't know, like
0: it's got a lot of knobs. Yeah, I like that. And it looks like it's largely one knob, one function.
1: But it isn't. Right. There's there's buttons on there to shift what they do. Um, that does make sense. Yeah. So, like, the, the, the knobs, will, or well, the faders, I guess, will actually serve, like, your typical functions as long as you don't go deep into it. Right. But you do have the option of going really deep into this thing. Gotcha.
0: See, so this, this is the look of like the general function of what I want in a in a synth for the studio. Something that looks pretty dynamic can give us a lot of different um, juicy tones, but yeah. it has like it's vol- synth like that faders I and knobs like that I can turn that don't have to have yeah, multi well,
1: thing I like about it is, is it's like easy to use. mm mm-hmm. But at the same time, if I want to, I can get, like, pretty far into it and be confused to all hell. Yeah, yeah. Um, any issues because it's Behringer? Not yet. Not yet. Behringer's been pretty good since the buyout, so. The buyout? It, yeah, the Behringer was bought out by the music group or whatever that, whatever the parent company is. Who owns like Midas and. Yeah, but that, that so that is Behringer. Yeah. Yeah. But, but so, 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 Behringer-, Behringer has, like, since they released the X32, essentially, mm. they've right. gotten but, so better a, quality products coming out, it seems. Fair enough. While keeping, like, their pretty low, low price. price stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. um, like the X32, that's a great mixer.
0: Okay. For
1: what you get and the price you get it at?
0: Sure, it's still about three grand, right? 3500 three, yeah,
1: three right? grand. You got all the effects you can need, 32 channels. I think it's like 16 auxiliaries, something ridiculous like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> super functional as far as digital consoles go. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, it's not a
1: console I would use for a studio or something, but like, For if I was touring or something, I would love a a Behringer.
0: I recorded a metal show in um, November, maybe, and in November early, it was the first show at uh, the Forge when they when they opened up for their soft open. Yeah. Um, And I I just brought in my laptop, hooked up USB, and then recorded using the Behringer preamps. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: And they sound fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it was a metal show. <laughs>
1: well, whatever. I mean the it's a great board for what it like the price and everything. Mm-hmm. Like if you need an affordable thirty two channel console and effects, like you may mm-hmm. as well buy that. Um and then if you have the budget, I mean sure go with like one of the more higher end digital boards. But is it a
0: uh, is it a um Control surface as well For your DAW The X32 Yeah Because I know they've released The um, The fader software And the X-Touch series Right Yeah That are dedicated uh, Control services but
1: I don't know I think like Some versions of the X32 Have like Abilities to Function with DAWs mm-hmm. Or something I, okay. I'm not entirely sure I've never used a X32 as a Controller, yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I have an MCU. You do? Yeah. You have- but I am thinking of buying what is called a console one. The only thing that's kind of... Isn't
0: that the tube one?
1: Yeah. 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 They got a new version of it where they have it uh, mapped out for UAD plugins as well. Ah, oh, nice. Like you could take the, the software instead of getting the um, SSL 4000 or whatever... It is. You mm-hmm. can then load up some UAD plugins in there. So Sweet. you could have an 1176 with a Poltec EQ and control it with that. The only thing turning me off about it, though, is I don't know if I can program it myself to work with uh, other stuff like third party plugins. And they're not very clear on that. Like, Which means you probably can't, because
0: that yeah. would be a that would be a big selling point if you could, right?
1: And that's kind of what's turning me off on it, is just like, well, what's the point of having it if I can't program it to work with my other stuff? And I yeah. thought maybe you could, because essentially all that is 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 a MIDI device. But maybe they purposely didn't make it communicate. Mm-hmm. properly via midi so that you could do that yeah but 500 bucks it's cheaper than it used to be
0: 500 american though
1: yeah it's like 600 canadian oh that's not so bad yeah yeah when it used to be like 14 1500 dollars canadian really? yes oh man yeah um and this is the new version that's worth $500 the mark yeah. 2 the mark yeah. 1 is the 1500 or whatever
0: did they did they make any um substantial changes to it uh like the, it the most substantial
1: change is just that it works with uad otherwise it's the same thing um oh, okay oh another change is where they built it cuz they no longer build it in soft tubes factory office or factory i guess or whatever um, it is yeah they I think because they have a partnership with UAD, it's wherever UAD builds their hardware. No kidding. And thus they're able to do it for cheaper or something like that. Okay, cool. I don't know. They have a partnership where they're no longer building it at SoftTube. They're building it somewhere else, but otherwise it's like essentially the same thing. Right. But because they're building somewhere else, it's significantly cheaper.
0: That is fair. I am... Control surface. I still come back to the to, to my whole one knob one function thing. Eh, and and would which like is why just a
1: control surface with knobs, so I could be like program it for my EQs
0: and stuff like that. I think that's one of the reasons I I enjoyed that um uh the the Steinberg um. That one knob controller that I had. Oh, yeah. Right? It was anything anything that you put the mouse over, this becomes the knob that the mouse is over. Yeah, but I'm trying to get
1: away from even u- using the mouse unless well, but I'm just loading up uh, inserts and stuff like that. Like, I just want it so that, you know, if I want to adjust the threshold, I could just mm-hmm. do that and then... Go on my MCU, select different track, and do whatever adjustments I need on there
0: as well. And that's and that's that's totally fair. Um, yeah. But that still that still brings me back to I still have to look at the layout and excuse me consider the layout on this controller of knobs was set up for a seven band EQ in the before i hit this button and now it's a stereo reverb delay unit. And so where are the things again? Yeah. Right? See, and that's what i would
1: ideally i would like a knobbed surface that had like LEDs or something that would be like hmm, this is your threshold, this is your q or Whatever it is you're trying to do, almost like a scribble strip for each function, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. The, that um, would be, you that's know, what that, ideal. The the the. Uh, do you remember seeing the MCU series had that had that unit? The, the, the yeah, knob, they had like that, and every panel single that was just a bunch of knobs, and every single unit had a had a scribble strip. Yeah, I don't think they make that though. Anymore. No, they stopped making it five six years ago, specifically because the scribble
1: strips didn't last very long. I've noticed that in my MCUs, my skittle strips—they mess up every now and again. Mm. And sometimes, if you know, I mean, I've gotten pretty good at just knowing where my tracks are. Yeah. So I'll just push the bank and then know, like, okay, track eight on this strip is mm. whatever. Yeah,
0: um, but what I used to do with the—do uh, you remember? Did were you ever here when I when I had the task cam? Uh, no. But you, you you remember what that thing looks like? Yeah. yeah. So I, I used to – it didn't have scribble strips at all, right? But it had um, three banks of 16 faders or three layers to the 16 faders. And I would just – I would actually have three layers of tape. <laughs> <laughs> to tell you what everything was? To tell me what everything was. And I had – um, it had all the layers on an individual button so you could – you could i want layer 1 which is channels 1 to 16 and there's your there's what that layer is mm-hmm. channel you know layer 2 17 to 32 right yeah. and i would i would actually create blank tracks to space things out to the next layer if i wanted them right <laughs> like like if um if i had my drums channels 1 to 5 uh 1 to 14 and then bass and then my guitar tracks would start I'd add a blank cha- I'd add an empty channel to sixteen to push all my guitars to the next layer okay and then and and then then I wouldn't have to think about them at all right yeah right I wouldn't have to think okay one is here switch the layer two is here yeah and that yeah. that was that was
1: easy enough I've kind of got used to not having anything tell me where things were mm-hmm because so, I mean even if that strip was working on my MCUs it's so inconvenient to like look so far up when I'm looking down at a yeah uh, at a surface and I have to look at the very top of it to know what I'm doing
0: well and, and it's so easy or what channel I'm playing with I think that's one of the reasons I I started to like the uh, started to appreciate the um the avid artist series. Because those scribble strips, scribble strips were at the bottom.
1: Yeah, I mean that'd be more convenient, but
0: yeah.
1: I, I don't know. Yeah. even before I w- I went to um before I even went to consoles though, like with my templates being as big as they are, like I've I've gotten used to just knowing where it, that track is there because you know right. my templates are always the same, so I know. You know, these three knobs are my kick drums. These three right. are, or these two are my snare. And just, you know. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I know been- most people don't do that, apparently, because setting up templates is time-consuming. But, uh, I don't know. It's,
0: I don't find it time-consuming.
1: I don't find it time-consuming either. Like, oh. yeah, I spend several hours the first time I make a template. Sure but i load up everything and then it's essentially like it saves me time because all i have to do if i want it is to send to a reverb like i have a i have a couple auxiliaries already set up with reverbs or delays on them and all i have to do is just engage them because right. i usually have them bypassed just engage find the reverb i'm looking for mm. usually the one I use the most is like loaded up already. So engage, if I like it. Then I'll play with it to make it fit the song.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and I find I find I don't do the the few things that I do regularly, um, template wise, aren't worth me spending the time fitting tracks into a template.
1: Mm.
0: You know, like like the only things the only things that I do regularly. But I have my bass track
1: where it's like I need a template for that, <laughs> or else yeah. it takes me 15, 20 minutes to set up a bass track. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, now that's totally fair, and and that's that's probably my argument for just using a multi band.
1: Yeah, but no, I, I know <laughs> I, I don't like <laughs> many multi bands, and many multi bands don't give me the controllability that my multi-band essentially my own multi-band yep. thing does for me <laughs> if there was a multi-band every effect you can imagine on every band that um, would be great other the, the, the the thing would is, be
0: a dsp pig <clears throat> the isotope one is that it's a multi-band compressor multi-band stereo widener multi-band saturation um what else was multi-band in that yeah, uh, maybe that was it. Just those three. Yeah, but
1: uh, eh. but it's separate instances, isn't it? Or is mm-hmm. it just one? No, it's all one instance.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I don't you know.
0: and you turn off the ones you don't need or want. Yeah. Um to to help cut
1: down on the processing power. Yeah. 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 Well, whatever. I, yeah. I've I know. I know. at this point I've gone through I've put so much work into what is my multiband mm-hmm. process that yeah. I have no there's I see no point in changing it.
0: That's fair. I got nothing against that. Cuz it works, right? Oh yeah. I tell my students all the time like what you have works. Why would you change it?
1: Why would you cuz uh, a <laughs> big name producer does it this way in the and if they're doing it this way, it must be right. Mm-hmm. And what I'm doing is wrong.
0: Yeah. And that's, that really just is experience. hmm. Calming voice to say, nope, just stay the course. But, yeah. well, I mean, I
1: enjoy seeing how other producers do it, but there's so many times where I'm just like, yeah, that doesn't make sense for me. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Gives me ideas on how to improve my workflow because there might be like that little thing within their workflow that yep. you know inspires me to change my workflow. See, and as long as
0: as long as that's the percept the perspective that you take when you're watching someone else, it can be really helpful. I had a drummer in here, December 2013, I think it was. Um, band comes into the studio or we do pre-production on a song. The band fires their drummer three weeks into the studio or three weeks before they get into the studio. Right. And they have a crunch. They need, they need a specific song recorded to go to some music promoter that's taking it over to some music conference in Europe. Right. Um, and they have a real strict deadline. Um, so they find a new guy We do more pre-production and the guy just disappears. Great. Right? Two weeks before the studio, finally decide, okay, we got to hire a guy. So we hire, we hire Jeff, my session guy. And, uh, and he comes in, it's wonderful. It's just fantastic. Um, Opens the eyes of the rest of the band. Like, wow, this is what a real musician is. (laughs) Anyway, <clears throat> so so that song's done. We move on. The band decides that whatever happens, whoever we find to join the band, we need this guy to play drums on the rest of our record, which we're doing in january. so they find they find a new drummer over the over the Christmas holidays, and he seems like a great fit personality wise He seems like he's going to be a good drummer, but I haven't seen him yet, but we're still using this we're still using the session guy, right? mm-hmm. Anyway, so, so the new guy, the new drummer in the band who's not playing on the record comes to sit in on the sessions and to observe, to start becoming part of the band and that kind of thing. They haven't even had a rehearsal yet because they've been so focused on, on getting all, this, all their stuff in, in order for the, for the record. Right. Which is fine. And then the, uh, the drummer is sitting in a chair over my left shoulder and someone asked him, what do you think of that? And, and he's, he's got this, he's got this kind of like pondering serious face. And I, and I look over cause I'm really curious, you know, like he seems, he seems not at all impressed with Jeff who is otherwise usually pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and so I'm thinking, wow, this guy must, you know, this guy might know his shit. You know, he's not impressed with Jeff. He must be pretty good. And then he says, yeah, yeah, what, what he's playing, it's okay. Not what I would do, but it's okay. And that was it. No comments the rest of the session about, about anything we do on drums. A few months later, I hear back from the band This guy's trying to learn what Jeff played for the record. Right. And he can't even play the simplest things that Jeff did, which are admittedly a little more complicated than than a standard boom, boom, boom. Right. Right? (laughs) But the, the guy was having so much trouble. And as it turned out, he was just kind of a hack of a drummer. But so convinced that he was good and better than just about everyone else, that that he me, heard this and yeah. thought he could do it, and he was convinced that he was. Yeah, he was yeah. convinced. Yeah,
1: that was <laughs> fair. I mean, I've
0: <laughs>
1: I've had moments like that. Although, I don't know. I, I don't say things like "oh, it's not what I would have played." But well. But that's—I usually use the word of like that's interesting because you know, typically if something's not something's quite different to right? my taste. It's just like, huh, that's interesting that they
0: would go that way, right? And 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 you're the you're the type of guy that you're going to file that away, ponder it, and if something similar comes up, you'll Maybe. be reminded of that, and you'll yeah. be like, huh, I'm going to should I consider doing that? Nope, I'm going to do it my way anyway. But, but at least, yeah. but at least you've you've, you've logged that
1: as and, a. And I've had moments where I've listened to songs and go like, "Oh, that would be an easy part," and then I play it, and it's just like, <laughs> "How the fuck does anyone play this?" <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, it doesn't seem so easy. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, th- that's kind of the mark of a good musician is they make complex parts sound easy, sound really easy. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And, and usually for me, it's like the odd meter stuff, and, and what like a lot of those really good players that do odd meter. Yeah and sometimes it's odd meter that where it's like a 16th note or 8th note off, and so you don't necessarily notice that it's not a, or at least I don't notice that it's actually an odd meter until I try to play it, and it's just like, why doesn't my brain like this song? (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Like uh,
1: learning the intro for tubular bells on Mm. piano. Like my brain couldn't rap. Around the fact that the, the measure changes every time. Really? Yeah. It starts off, I think it starts off in seven count okay. for the first bar, then it switches to eight count, and then it alternates.
0: Mm. That's kind of cool.
1: Yeah. And, and all it is, is the addition to one note yeah. in the second bar. Right. And it threw me off. It took me a couple weeks to learn, like of me, like sitting there, like going playing at like quarter speed and trying to figure it out. And then eventually
0: it, it triggered in my head. I love hearing stuff like that. Um, first one I can ever remember hearing was Queensryche's silent lucidity mm-hmm. has randomly 15, 16th bars thrown in, um, there might be five of them over the first 24 bars. And it's, it's just, it just, it seems like it's just this little rushed downbeat, mm-hmm. but the count is actually a fifteen sixteenth 16th bar. A really uh, cool little thing. Remember being in a band that wanted to be
1: a metalcore band, but they relied on me to write a lot of the rhythmic stuff and i'm a pretty weird rhythmic person yeah (laughs) and i i eventually had the person who wanted to be the lead guitar like he wasn't a better player than me it's just i don't like being lead guitar so if a player wants to be lead guitar i say go ahead (laughs) even if i'm a better player and and I think a part of that is because, like, almost every band I've ever started, I've had to be the lead guitar because yeah. nobody could play right well enough. Even though a lot of the times the guitar players did want to be more of the center light than me, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't care for the being the twiddly doodly dude. Yeah, but in this metalcore band, they relied on me to write the backbones of the songs. And I remember one song I was in the process of writing, they hated me because I switched from 4-4 to 15-16ths.
0: Oh, dude. <laughs>
1: and to be fair, it was a 4-4 riff for s- several bars, and then there was like several bars of 15-16ths. It's just the part I came up with was right. in 15-16ths, and I liked it. I thought it fit.
0: And you wanted to keep it.
1: And I wanted to keep it, yeah. but they couldn't, like the drummer couldn't keep <laughs> up with it. And I had to tell him, like, no, this is 15 16 Here, listen to the click. And the click was stupid fast because it's 16th notes at like 170 beats or something God. like that. So it's like. And so I had to accent like a bunch of notes in the click so that they understood how it worked. And
0: yeah, that'd be a cool challenge. I would, I would hit you while I was learning it, but, yeah. I used yeah, to yeah, love
1: doing... Eventually, I mean, we just dropped it because I was the only person in the, the band that, that could actually it. play that oh, yeah. time signature. And, I mean, I, I admit, that's a, that's a really difficult time signature to play. Yeah. Unless you're playing, like, super slow tempos. Right. But we were playing pretty fast tempos. And, you know, unless you accent those... Uh, yeah, you have to accent, I think, the quarter notes and you would have to have like a dotted note or something somewhere. Or mm. what it would be. I think you would have to accent the eighth notes, but there would have to be a dotted eighth note somewhere mm. in
0: there. Um, in 97, and I know I'm going, no, 98, and I know I'm going back almost 20 years, I wrote this kind of bluesy, pop rock tune that had a ballad chorus yeah um but i was around that time i was writing a lot of post-chorus instrumental things and this one that i came up with didn't even realize that i was trying to bring just a little bit of flamenco guitar into it but on electric with dirty guitars. so just a little bit of like the, the the strumming pattern anyway so so it was a it was a twelve eight, not quite a shuffle, but it had a little bit of that feel mm-hmm. um, and then, as I'm writing, I just randomly didn't even realize it at the time. I would throw in an eleven eight at the end of a phrase, but not every time i i didn't even didn't even realize it because I mean back then I knew so much less about music theory that. It was y- y- you didn't know that there was a 11 count in your 12 count. Right. It was just, it was just this like the da and, 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 and back into the downbeat instead of finishing the, finishing the 12 count and then into the downbeat. It was just the, uh, the drummer that I threw it at. It's like, fuck is this man? I don't want to play that. Hmm. Like, no, but to try it. It's super cool. After after a few times of him listening to it and just kind of hearing the you know certainly not as the, not as complicated as a 15 16th but
1: well yeah my 15 sixteenths it was weird cuz in order to play it you can't play all 16 notes it's just the count has to be in 16ths. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah cuz it, it's it's just it just has that feeling of rushing the downbeat intentionally but you have to start the downbeat on that rushed instead of yeah. where a lot of rushed ones or a lot of push would push and then just add that 16th note to the first downbeat. Mm-hmm. I don't need to explain that to you because you understand that stuff far better than I do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And I tried to explain... And I mean, the drummer I was playing with at the time, he understood that when I told him, "like, yeah, we're rushing the downbeat a sixteenth note before," yeah. and it is weird, I know, but bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I am, um, but yeah, the rest of the guys, they they, they couldn't understand that I am playing a sixteenth note mm-hmm. shorter of a bar.
0: I've been um, <clears throat> I've been re-editing drums from a record I did in two thousand nine, pre, like pre-studio, um, and I didn't realize how sloppy the drummer was, like super sloppy. There's a nine minute song, nine and a half minute song where there's over a thousand drum edits. Wow! Yeah, and I only know that because I bounced. I'd bounce the fi- the the drum files down so that they were all same time so that I could group edit and slip edit and no problem. But but the software keeps track of how many how many clips I made, <laughs> how many individual cuts I made. It's over that's, a thousand.
1: It's a lot. That sounds like the things I used to do when I like first started editing and stuff, yeah.
0: where I thought I had to be right on the. The bar and when stuff. I'm I'm just trying to make it sound less sloppy, right? Yeah. And 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 the
1: Well I'm just but but I know what you mean. I'm yeah. comparing it to when I was an obnoxious editor. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike today, where it's just like, oh, that's close enough. You're only like twenty milliseconds off. I don't care about that. Right. Well and, 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 and even when I'm adjusting a piece that is like, oh, you're a sixteenth note off. Let's move that. I don't even zoom in to see how close it is to the bar. I just. Right. And that's roughly where it, it
0: should be. <laughs> it looks, it, it, it looks tighter. It sounds tighter, but it's not robotic. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. This is not going to ring. Okay, good. Um, so one of the things about this drummer, the thing I remember enjoying about him is how creative he was. You know, he would always, he would always add in like off time fills and, and creative compositions that you, if you're listening to the song, it seems to be a well-composed part of the song, Mm -hmm. but take away all the instruments and you're just listening to the drums. It's like, fuck time signature is that, (laughs) you know, and, and, and really all it is is, you know, it's a, you know, he'll add a like an off-time triplet fill but the triplet is triplet half notes over two and a half bars and then he'd pick up the the rhythm at beat 3 of the third bar, you know. <laughs> like it was it was it was that kind of that kind of cool weird oh, stuff. Yeah. That
1: right? Reminds me of a video I saw where they're talking about how weird it is to start a trip. The bar they showed was they had an eighth note rest mm. followed by um uh, a trip tripleted quarter notes, just three of them followed by an additional okay. eighth note rest okay and they were trying to they
0: were
1: they were talking about the difficulty it is to play that bar, yeah because there is no frame of reference where um the triplet should be because they're an eighth note off and then they start. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And yeah, it, it's really weird and they were trying to tell you how you have to split it and it's like in order to figure out where beat two is in the triplet, you have to separate it in 16th <laughs> notes.
0: <Man. laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'm glad I was just editing this stuff because I remember I remember the the trouble we had with the guitar player trying to play to that. <laughs> Cuz it 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 didn't make sense until the whole composition was together, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. I had to stop several times and and uh and try turn to the, turn out. the instruments back on and try to remind remember. myself what was what was this supposed to sound like? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've messed up a recording like because I didn't do that yeah <laughs> yeah editing um, drums to the the click because they're way out of time and mm-hmm. then listen back and then be like, okay why aren't the drums matching up with the song anymore right it <laughs> was also the
0: there was also the first session that I ever did where we had the drummer not play the kick drum at the same time as the rest of the drums uh, that'd be weird. Yeah, he um we just took away his pedal, right? So he was okay, just so tapping on Yeah, he's still stomp. tapping on the floor, but you just don't you just don't hear it in the context. Right. Um and then have him play afterwards because there was this double bass wasn't in the chorus. Yeah, instrumental breakdown like three of them throughout the song and and uh and in the very last chorus of the song, this double kick that, you know, he couldn't yeah. play as consistently while he's playing the rest of the drums. Even though, even though most of his most of his parts were were uh, snare ride 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 snare ride 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 snare with a underneath right right yeah he couldn't couldn't get it consistent, yeah. but as I'm editing these, I'm realizing wow, his double kicks aren't anywhere near consistent anyway, <laughs> like he's nowhere supposed to be on sixteenth notes, I think, and he's not even close to any of the sixteenth notes i'm glad yeah. i glad I made it separate. yeah, that would have been a nightmare. I could see that yeah
1: but but <clears throat> I am um, usually when I'm going that fast with kick drums. Anyway, I'm sample replacing because I mean, even if they're consistently on time, they're the power in the kick drums not consistent.
0: We well, had him because he was doing it, them um, separately. Well, yeah, they were nice and consistent and lots of definition. Like there was a lot of definition to the attack. Okay.
1: Yeah, uh, but I mean, we also I would usually <clears throat> sample the kit anyway. That's fair. So that I could, you know, have
0: a consistent sound of the kit. <laughs> so the the thing that I screwed up in this in this recording session, specifically on drums, um, was I was in the same room as the drummer because it was just we just had set up in a basement, right? Right. I was in the same room as the drummer. And I was close enough that I was in I was probably in a standing wave zone for about 100 hertz and he would hit his two either of his floor toms and through my headphones i would just get this like boom <laughs> of 100 hertz right oh. so i found it and i EQ'd it out i was like yeah that sounds way better and now i'm i'm listening to the um to the the floor toms it's, they're just awful thin it's like it's like hitting so after hitting bags of back plastic in. yeah yeah So that'll be a, That'll be a fun A fun um, mix challenge Make them sound good again Cause the rest of Everything else Sounds really good But those floor toms Sound awful mm. Yeah
1: My challenge this week Because I don't go back To work till Friday Why not? I uh, remember when I went To Calgary on My day off And yeah. I wasn't here For podcast Oh yeah um, I had a day in lieu oh, From cool. that Okay And I decided to have a four-day weekend this weekend. And I was told that I could take Sunday or Thursday off. Both are not great days for me to have off because I'm the only rental guy on Uh, both of those days. (laughs) But being a long weekend, I was like, you know what? Sunday makes more sense because there's probably going to be more returns on that day. So... I'll be in on that day. Mm. That's fair. Uh, whereas Thursday, uh, the things I do on Thursday is usually setting up for the weekend. Mm. Yeah. And answering a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Because people, yeah, I mean, because I am the only rental guy, people come in to my department to help me out. And so I'm usually mm. answering a lot of questions like, where's this? It's over there. What do I do in this case? You do this. Right? I got this situation. Just do this. (laughs) Is it okay if we transfer this? When do they need it? Not till next week. No, we're not transferring that because I will use it this weekend.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You're almost the boss, man. Almost, but I'm not the boss. Yeah. Uh, You're just bossy.
1: No. No? No. You should be. It's just, I mean... Dylan, who is my boss, hmm. I guess, he's he's the, the manager of my department anyway, so I, he's directly boss. my boss, yeah. but he has, because it's only us two, it's essentially I'm just the second guy in command, kind of, right. in a way. Yeah, that's fair. And I've been there long enough to, you know, at this point I'm, I'm a veteran of the rental stuff and I, I, I know my way around. It's amazing what you learn being in rentals in that company, though. Like what? Well, like I knew very little about drums. Okay. And now I can, I, now I can talk to drummers and answer like in-depth drummer questions because I've been in rentals and like I've had to put together drum kits and like I've had people be like, "Oh, what would?" Uh, I can't even think of an example right now. But I've had drummers be like, what's a, a good kit? And because I've put together a bunch of stuff for people, mm-hmm. I, I kind of have a an idea of what's good kits and what's not. Right. Um, Although if it's outside of the rental stuff, then it's like <laughs> I have no idea if that's a good kit.
0: And that's fair. I mean, it's all exposure. Are, are you, uh, did you finally learn how to tune drums? <laughs> I know,
1: but I'm not good at it. All right. That's fair. They're complicated things to tune. Yeah. Especially snares.
0: Snares are terrible. They can be. So much interaction between the two skins. Yeah. That's why I find
1: it so terrible. It's just like I'm tapping on a thing and I'm trying to determine if it's because the bottom skins out of tune or is it really the top skin and i don't know i'm just yeah part of me just wants to get like a drum tuner and you know that probably <laughs> make life easier <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah but they don't they don't always they don't always get it right right sometimes in tune is slightly out of spec right yeah yeah hey um so i have a couple of uh a couple of quick hits. Um, I've been making notes of things that I want to talk about on the podcast, want to bring by. Sure. Just hear your thoughts or reactions to them. Okay. We should do it. Dude, it would be an awesome thing if we did, like, Joey reaction videos. <laughs> <laughs> Just me, me <laughs> laughing at you. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. <laughs> okay. Um, so the most – oh, yeah. I've been – I'm gonna start with this one. Um, I've been working with a lot of hip hop guys the last handful of months, which is a fairly sad thing. Have they
1: actually been showing up?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I've been making on, yeah. guys pay in advance. Okay, and that would do it then. Yeah. Although I I made a guy take pay a fifty dollar deposit and he still didn't show up for both like of his 50 days. Deposit? Or fifty percent deposit. Sorry, okay, yeah. not fifty dollar deposit. I would have lost a lot more money if yeah, that was exactly, the case, right?
0: <laughs> anyway, so so a thing I've been I've been consistently noticing, and it's been there's been three different guys that have been that have been coming in, um, and only uh, so one of them is a rapper. One of them is that um, I call it that like speed metal rap. Uh, the, I like think Tech that's nine a kind thing. Of thing. I,
1: don't know what it's technically called, but I've, yeah. I've heard it being called like speed rapper or something. Yeah, of, yeah of super fast. Kin.
0: And 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 this guy's really like he's really good. He's odd, I mean, but he's really really talented. Yeah, um, actually makes his career as a rapper releasing releasing tunes. Apparently, his biggest money making um, region of the world is Germany. Through Spotify
1: Interesting Yeah And he's making enough money Off Spotify to
0: Yeah That's good Yeah Anyway so two of the three songs That he's brought me Have Have had Instruments in them And like I'm not making the beats He's working with some other guy That's making the beats And I'm just recording the vocals And then mixing it Right That's
1: pretty Like uh, Pretty common Common
0: Uh, So What he's, uh, two of these, two of the instrumentals have come in with instruments that I would swear don't belong in the key. Okay. And one of them was buried in the mix quite a bit, but the other one was the bass, not, not the kick drum, but the bass. Yeah. Like it was, it was super low and super sub, but I would swear that it was, that it was not even close to the right key. Cause the entire time I listen to it, it just makes me feel uncomfortable and uneasy as though, as though I'm listening to, uh, to, an, um, to, a, an Eastern scale. Okay. You know, like those quarter steps that always make me feel odd.
1: But Obviously, I like a, a few years ago, according to some of the people I, I know who do work on rap, mm-hmm. being out of key was a thing in rap. Really? A, a while ago. So maybe it's still a thing. I I have no idea. I don't have my finger on that pulse. It's just such a weird, weird thing
0: to me. Yeah. You know, I can understand it if it was Eastern Scales because that's that's their thing, right? Yeah. They hear that as completely natural or we hear that as a little weird. Yeah. Yeah, but this, both of these. Anyway, so it was him doing this, this speed rap thing. And then another guy, I think we're five or six songs in, um... Young guy, yeah. again um, Really, really talented Wonderful singer And doesn't really rap He he mostly just sings And he's got beautiful falsetto More of like an R&B kind of Yeah, yeah um, I don't want to get into the subject material He's singing about Because that's a That's a debate that we don't need to have <laughs> Okay <laughs> um, But <clears throat> but again a, a couple, maybe three of the songs that he brought in, and he, he's working with two or three different producers to making his beats. Although he's just buying his beats off of like YouTube guys, right? Yeah. Um, That's a pretty common thing, too. Yeah. Um, he, uh, some of the songs, again, the bass sounds out of tune. Mm-hmm. And then one of them, the piano, was definitely definitely doing something that was either dissonant or just like like two consistent wrong notes in this run of the piano that the piano was doing hmm. it was like they were throwing in a like they were throwing in a they wrong major
1: throwing in like um midi loops of some kind and that then could be not everything they it. were writing underneath that was clashing with it chord wise I, I see that all the time really? with a, okay. a lot of people who don't quite understand how music theory works and the little.
0: Or they don't have the bring sensitivity in a loop. to notice it. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah. 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 I, I've seen people take two loops that are not in the same key, combine them together, and think that they're done. Despite the cool, fact yeah. that they're not working together, that something has to change in one of those loops.
0: Yeah. That's super weird. It is weird. But. I don't know. But it, <clears throat> described like that, I can under I can I can see the disconnect. Um, especially if especially if it's a if it's a producer that has and then there's weirdos like me who purposely do that. Yeah. Yeah, no <laughs> I
1: get that. I
0: get that. <laughs> but that's the thing, is like <clears throat> I, I can see I can see if it was if it was done intentionally Usually
1: when it's done intentionally, you get odd rhythms with it, though, like dotted notes right. or like tripleted dotted notes. Yeah. Th- something that all... you can tell, like, this is supposed to make
0: you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And this was not that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've actually enjoyed working with both these guys despite these, these problems. Totally different styles Obviously right Like yeah. one guy's The smooth R&B singer With the beautiful And the other guy's The <laughs> Speed thing And yeah. he's aggressive And he's got gold He's got His front teeth Is a gold grill Um Cause so you gotta show but, off That money man t- No but he's 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 the anti gangster rapper Like he talks about One of his songs Was about a human centipede um, Right A mad scientist Making a human centipede Uh this last one was a super angry song about, I can't remember exactly what it was about. Um, another song was, was, <clears throat> was promoting reasons to not kill yourself. Oh, well, that's good. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, like, like his, his, he's very much not into the gangsta lifestyle like that, 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 Useless side of rap I think it's useless Um, There's people within the hip hop
1: Community that Are very anti A lot of things actually Like I I recently watched a video And I I just found it interesting That there were people in the Hip hop crowd That were actually like Talking about the things I don't like About some modern Hip hop like how these guys who are spitting rhymes are making nonsense, and they're talking about like how that's not real art, and how rap came from a pretty insane. Like I understand that you know your guys like Eminem, but like what they're doing is essentially just putting poetry on top of a beat. Because Eminem, right. like you, try like you actually look at his lyrical content is just like insane how. He does multi-syllable rhyming and, like, yeah. just the structure of his songs in terms of writing is
0: – It's usually immed. really good.
1: Yeah. Right? Well, like, just at a, even if you were to look at it as just a piece of just, just, just writing. Just a piece of
0: writing, yeah. Like a piece of poetry or something, right? Yeah. It's yeah.
1: impressive how he fits things and they, they work. Yeah. And he's he's got – beats within the lines and stuff like that with how you say things and yeah it's interesting and I I like those talents so long as they're not talking about all the money they have and derogatory terms for ladies in the club and yeah. yeah but then there's also the ones that I really dislike where it's just like I have no idea what you're saying it just sounds like you're going yo hey the song's about Nothing they just put words together because they sound good together, and it's just like wow, that put you're you're putting the minimum amount of effort
0: in your there's in your craft a, there's lots of there's lots of artists there's lots of lyric writers across all genres that are like that,
1: I know, but it it seems like there's a popularity
0: in hip hop to do that right now really that's that's too bad.
1: I feel or at like least I, there's a subset of, like, yeah. artists that are actually making a living for essentially doing nothing.
0: Yeah. Like, here's five words that people might remember.
1: I'll <laughs> okay. say
0: two of them right now.
1: <laughs> uh, Sunday on my way to work, there was a guy who was listening to some local hip-hop. It was kind of funny because, like, I don't know. I think the first verse, right, I think it was the first verse. I don't know. It seemed like... 40 seconds of this song was like, I'm called the Sasquatch. That's Bigfoot. And it was just really bad writing over top of just like a basic beat. <laughs> yeah. And he would go like, I'm a monster, and it's just I'm something. I'm something. I'm something. It's just yeah. like, okay. You're I don't know. Whatever you're trying to get your point across, I think you've already done it. Move on. Yeah. It's all that's going on in my head, but it it just sounds like the song (laughs) is just like, I am, and then stuff. Yeah. 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 And that was, I think that was a local artist because the song before it is like, uh, Northside Edmonton. (laughs) Uh, St. Albert. (laughs) It's just... It was really weird just hearing, like, local communities being yelled out.
0: Mentioned in rap music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's
1: like, I don't know, it's got this vibe of, like, I'm a gangster, but it's just, like, there is no gangsters in Edmonton. Not Like actual gangsters, like how real gangster rap is where it's like members who've, maybe they've killed people and they're talking about that. Or at the very least, like in the dawn of that gangster rap, like people who have seen that kind of thing. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's another thing I don't like about rap is just the disingenuine people. The, the people who are more like talking about actual life experiences. Those guys I, I appreciate. But it seems like there's so many of these suburban kids talking about being a gangster.
0: Well and, and I think that's that's exactly right. It's the it's the suburban kids that grow up on this stuff that say, Hey man, you know, I just gotta talk about life and like what are you gonna talk about? You're gonna talk about the uh, suv your mom drives you to school in like come on well i mean they could probably
1: have some things they could write about sure but so, because the stuff they grew up on is about having a hard life they've never mm-hmm. actually experienced that kind of hardship
0: yeah even the ones that even the ones that are dramatic enough to think that their lives are so hard don't have any clue
1: no yeah well we just isolated the whole group of people <laughs> yeah, fuck them all <laughs> even the ones you're working with uh,
0: you know what I don't think I don't think um, I don't I don't feel like I'm working with anyone right now that that is that disingenuous yeah
1: you I know? just refuse to work with the rappers. And I mean, it's nothing to do with the fact that there were rappers. It's just my experience with them. And the fact that I'm not into the music, it just doesn't make sense that I work with them. And I got friends who all work with them. So like if a rapper approaches me, it's usually like, you know what? I'm not a good fit for you. I know this. Here's Here's these people. These guys actually like that style of music. Talk to them. Right. Um, because they'll, they'll they'll do a better job than I could ever do. Their their half ass job will be better than my <laughs> best job that I could do for you. Yeah,
0: and again, that comes down to experience, right? Yeah, you know, you don't well, care enough about the uh, about the genre to go out and get a lot of experience. So, yeah, uh,
1: I mean, it really just comes down to the experience of having taken jobs of from of music that I didn't care about yeah and you know it didn't suit the project right like I don't know I, I think every buddy who does this for any length of period of time has that moment where it's just like it doesn't make sense for me to do music that I'm clearly not into right although if you're a studio owner I, I don't know you probably
0: find something you know what I like I I certainly, certainly at the beginning, I was, I was taking absolutely everything. Uh, But I find more the last, I guess the last year, I'm gradually moving away from that. I'm actually turning down, I'm turning down a lot of the hip hop that comes my way. Um, Except for the guys that, that sound interesting to talk to. Because then my hope is, you know, assuming they actually want to pay. Because um, then my hope is that I'm going to find something interesting. And, and and you're right. I I do I do tend to find interesting things in music that I didn't think I'd be interest, uh, that I'd be into. Right? Yeah. yeah, and awesome. I'm
1: sure I could find some interesting things in hip hop. But the only hip hop artists coming to me aren't
0: the interesting ones. Yeah, yeah. I guess that we gotta go. So uh, see ya. Damn. Follow our hosts on Twitter at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet, you go. Go oh, switch off.